Mic check, one, two. Tom, use your word. Hey, you. That's original freak. Get that door shot? You haven't shot it? Yeah? You feel, feel like, like you, you feel committed? I feel very comfortable right now. I'd rather not just throw a wrench and all that. <clears throat> so to ensure we don't get in the way of Nate's chi today, we're going to kick things off. <laughs> I want to welcome you to the original Freedom Podcast. It's all over the place right now. <laughs> Located back in not-so-sunny, actually it is, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, on set today, we got myself, Scott Spooner, Nate Horgan, one of the usual suspects, and one of the legendary voices of Mix 101.5, yeah. Morning Show. There for a long time. Mr. Bill Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. Topic of uh, discussion today is literally around one statement, which is uh, the time to live is now. <clears throat> and Bill and I uh, started a friendship out close to six years ago. Probably close, and um, I've watched. Well, Bill's watched me um, develop the, the business and everything we've done uh, back to the first book. I've watched him pursue an entrepreneurial career. Um, his hair's a little bit. It's not grayer than mine. Uh, he just has more of it. It's white. It's My hair white. has gone past gray. It's gone past silver. It is now white. <laughs> Almost translucent. <laughs> translucent hair. Yes. So if anybody out there feels bad about being gray, translucent exists. That's it. And the, the topic itself, itself of living now uh, applies to every age. Um, and it was kind of cool. We had three generations sitting here between Nate. Um, what are you? I'm a millennial. Millennial. Uh, millennial. Got a pretty big connotation. I'm a my Gen name. X, and Bill is a baby boomer. Yeah. And having three different obvious life experiences, uh, and all having to take chance to take risks throughout uh, to make decisions, essentially to take action, um, I believe is what separates people um, who are living at choice from those who are still walking down someone else's path. Um, and uh, they fall into the trap, and it's been described as, and properly described as, uh, the win and if game. You know, I'll do this, win and if. I'll stop doing this, win and if. And, and at the end of the day, um, win and if doesn't exist, literally, um, because the only t true time is now. Um, and that's going to be the topic of the show, which is um, living now, not putting it off. And I'll kick it over to you, Bill. I'd like for the folks to hear your perspective around a bit of our journey together from a friendship uh, perspective. Also, some background. We'll actually kick us off with some background about yourself and then move into us. Okay. Um, I was born and raised in the Tidewater area of Virginia, in Newport News, Virginia. <clears throat> uh, raised by two members of the greatest generation. My dad was a World War II combat veteran, decorated combat veteran in World War II, and we were kind of raised probably with that mindset a little bit. It was a self response, you know, responsibility of self and being on time and what, don't be late or light or any of that yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Uh, so laugh about my dad. He passed the week before the 9-11 attacks. <clears throat> we still talk about him if you 
you know, something screws up, he, he would just say to us, good thing this isn't a combat situation. <laughs> I bring him the wrong screwdriver or something. You know, good thing this isn't a combat situation. Um, but grew up and followed my oldest brother's footsteps into uh, commercial radio. I went a year of college at University of Richmond, got involved in the campus radio station, then got involved in commercial radio. I mean, made 85 bucks a week, my first job. And uh, I mean, I was in it for almost 40 years. And now pursuing, uh, really trying to build my voiceover business for commercials and narration. Whatever you can think of a voice would be doing, then that's what I'm trying to get done. You and I met because well, I wait, read hold your on, book. Hold on, let me back up. What were some right. highlights of your career, if you will, right? I mean, it wasn't that you were just a, <clears throat> a voice that people enjoyed hearing. There was a lot of amazing, cool work Well, I got to, did. I mean, as far as there are people who like to hang their hat on what maybe, quote, celebrities they've talked to. I mean, I, I did talk to, it's a rare night, for example, if we're watching TV, there's a movie or something that I don't go, you know, I'm, I'm able to say, hey, I talked to that guy. I know yeah. that guy, or I've met him, or... You know, he was a pretty cool guy. This guy was a jerk. This was, you know, there was a lot of that. And that was that was really kind of neat. Uh, got to take the show on the road. We broadcast from the 1992 Olympics in Albertville, Albertville France. Um, did some shows from down in Orlando at Disney and Universal and New York City with uh, uh, the Radio and TV Museum up there. I mean, I, we, we went to a lot of places. Uh, did a couple of morning shows from the uh, A&M studios in L.A. where they did the We Are the World video. and mm. That was kind of a goofy promotion we did, but that was when I was working in Charleston. But really just working with great people was the, was the best thing, you know, really talented and, uh, and cool people. Meeting celebrities is, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a plus, but it was a real creative outlet. I don't think I was ever made for a nine-to-five job uh, I was I was made, and I said on the last day at uh, Mix 101.5 here in Raleigh, I said on the air that last day, I mean, I, I believe I was divinely designed for that job, that job in that company. Similar core beliefs, all that was right in alignment. Um. But it was time to, you know, find something else. I, at some point, I, I remember getting up, the alarm went off at 3.15, as it did for 30-plus years of my life, and I looked at the cable box, and so I was 3.20, and my, I mean, I was like, what am I doing? I'm tired all the time. I'm falling asleep at stoplights trying to drive home. I'm, you know, what am I doing? Let's, maybe there's something else out there. So there were some things I thought would happen that didn't. But that's okay. I thought they would. But I may have be, I probably spun some wheels I shouldn't have spun, wasted a little time waiting for a phone call that didn't happen because it was in somebody else's control. Right. Um, I wait, can't you control wait, them to wait call for me. the lifeline? Yeah. 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 So um, finally took it seriously about this whole voiceover thing because, and it is an entrepreneurial thing. It's not just, hey, this is what I, I mean, it's a business. And that's the thing, you know, you can be a talented artist where you're going to make a living at it. Okay, but you know, you that's a small part of what you're doing. It's a business. You could be the greatest artist in the world and no one knows that you're there. Mm -hmm. You got to get the word out, right? So that's what I'm learning and, and uh, embracing now and trying to get the word out. 2019 is going to be, I really looking forward to 2019 as far as getting that marketing and business mindset and getting the ball rolling and making people know that here I'm around here for you. I can do, I can do broadcast voiceover work, broadcast quality for anywhere in the world Absolutely. from my house. 
Yeah. It's the technology is that good. And how many years has it taken you since you kicked off your idea to get to this new mindset with the, you know, how, how long? Yeah, I th I've been doing it probably semi-seriously for three years, and I've really gotten serious in the last, like, year, year and a half. And now I'm about to get even more serious. Gotcha. You know? Um, and it's fun. And it, and it truly is. You don't know what's going to happen. Every day's like, who knows what's going to happen? Phone's going to ring, email, text, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? And then connecting the dots is fun, too. You get the ball rolling, and somebody tells somebody else about you. The referral game, you know? Sure. And... That's just exciting to me. And it gives me the, the flexibility, too, that if my daughter calls and she lives near us, hey, can you pick up your granddaughter from daycare? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, I never had that, yeah. right? It's that flexibility of doing your own thing. I really like that. One of the key things I'd like to point out about your story is that uh, in line with the time to live is now, when you and I met, you, it's when your you know, career, your formal career, you know, had ended. Yep. And you were placed in a situation of uh, not having a big security net right. um, and could have easily walked back in to another job somewhere else, overqualified, guaranteed, underpaid, guaranteed, yep. and secure, so to speak, yep. right? Because um, we had long our initial breakfast conversations, yeah. you know, around, hey, you know, I was a young entrepreneur. I had just written the book. You're to, you're thinking about forging a whole new path. At what age? How old were you then? Oh, gosh, 59, 58. 58, right? So at 58 years old, an uncommon decision to say, you know what, I'm going to go make my own way. Um, and I just want to applaud you for that, right, because I know what it takes. Wow. I appreciate that. Um and, and really, too, the, the key that up into living now, at what point were you forced in that, you know, mindset of, hey, the time to take action is now, otherwise end up in, you know, position over here, which is where you didn't want to be? Well, you know, I think, uh, and I've talked about this with my wife, would be in, in talking about the business that I was in of radio broadcast, commercial radio, and, and the, the younger people will, will debate you, but they don't have the experience and it's not that it's right or wrong, they just don't have the experience of being a guy who did it as long as I did, with talking to other similar people, male or female, who did it for a long time, to where the business is nothing like it used to be. So it was not the fun job it used to be. Right. Um, and it got down to where, which am I more likely to regret in my final days, that I didn't give radio more time or I didn't take a crack at wanting to do my own thing. Mm. Which was I going to regret more? And it would be, I'd regret more not trying that voiceover thing. Or whatever else might come down the road. But to keep doing the same thing I'd done for 40 years, and like you say, having to go work in a small market if I wanted to stay in radio. I mean, I've had the opportunity to get back in it, and it's like, I don't want to get back in it. My wife doesn't want me to get back in it to where... We're having dinner out somewhere, and something happens, and I'm trying to now. Okay, I gotta. I want to turn this into a bit for tomorrow morning, and I just kind of <laughs> check out of the conversation. And this was my life. Wow. Life is show prep. I mean, life was. This you know, it's like go live your life, but come back and tell us about it on the air, and you don't just talk about. I mean, you gotta. It's gotta be crafted. Wow. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I miss the good old days, and I miss a lot of the people, but, but the business right now, I don't, 
I can't imagine getting back into that. So when people say, hey, how do I get in? You don't. <laughs> I would recommend you not. Well, you know. Um, but yeah, I had read your book, I think, and I guess reached out through Facebook, and maybe you said, hey, let's meet for breakfast. I'm like, oh my gosh, man, Scott's know, breakfast. And then you got me into this daily design that we were doing. I don't know if you're still doing it, but you don't send them to me. Uh, so I guess I didn't send enough to you. No, uh, actually, I just quit emailing them. I still write them. I just don't email okay, them. Okay, yeah. Um, but that was, I mean, that I've told more people about that. And it's not a to-do list. It's like you, it's, it's a, a done I list. have done list <laughs> yeah. for the day. And it, it used to, I mean, it used to weird me out about it. You'd say, okay, today at 3 o'clock, I'm going to get an email that such and such has accepted my offer to do whatever. And then you, the next day, would say, yeah, that happened. And I got to where it's like, okay, the mail's going to bring me a check today for something I'd totally forgotten about. And then there's a check in the mailbox, <laughs> that law of attraction thing. So you opened my eyes to a lot of ways of thinking that I had not thought of, which I really appreciate when that happens. Some of your other podcasts here, your brother Tom talking about the, the uh, pre-made decisions. It's like I had never thought about that. That's what mindset is. You've set your mind. This is what's going to happen. I've never thought of it that yeah. way. And it's like... <clears throat> I've told more people about pre-made decision. Make your pre-made decision. If this happens, what are you going to do? I mean, I love hearing new thoughts, new ideas. And you've really given me much to think about. The whole, uh, you know, live for now and talking about regrets, too. And, and I, I may have shared this with you, maybe the first breakfast we had. In September of 2012, I got a phone call. <clears throat> I'd gotten home from work. And I got a phone call, and this lady says, hey, you've been nominated the guy who was going to do this, can't com commit because of a thing with the hockey team. He was broadcasting hockey games. Uh, he's put you up to, to uh, jump with the uh, Golden Knights in November. <laughs> and I have a, as we used to say, I have a thing about heights, which means I'm terrified of heights. <laughs> and I'm not afraid of falling. I'm afraid of jumping. I get on the roof, I'm not afraid of falling off your roof. I'm afraid of I'm being pulled off your roof. I have that I'm just going. So I said, she says, now you can, you can, uh, it's gonna be on November 26th, which would have been my mom's birthday. She had passed uh, a year before, I guess. And I said, well, can I think about it? She said, well, you can say no at any time. You can say yes today and you can say no at any time. I said, you can say no on the plane? She said, no on the plane. They tell me no sounds like go. <laughs> <It> sounds like <laughs> <laughs> so I said, yes, I would do it. And I do remember you talking about this. You said, you said I wouldn't want to do that. I don't want to be strapped to somebody that's like, I'm okay jumping. Yeah, I like strapping people to me. But, and I was fine up until like the day before, and I, my brain started going through all these things about where if the chute doesn't open and what. If, but but that wasn't it. the biggest fear was that we were getting ready to go out the plane. He would lean into me and go, "My wife left town with another guy this morning. I have no reason to live. Let's go." <laughs> <laughs> that was my fear, and it was one of those things. I went down to Laurenburg where they where they're based, and uh, we got the brief and signed a zillion you know release forms and all that. And this guy comes over and he starts hooking me up. And I said, am I jumping with you? He said, yes, sir. I said, can I have your name? <laughs> I don't know this guy. Yeah. Fifteen minutes later, we're up there and we're getting ready to jump out at 13,500 feet. And at some point, I had that, that realization of acceptance of they ain't going to land with me in the plane. 
you know, plus it'd be more, I mean, I'd rather die than, you know, embarrass myself and say, I'm not going to jump. But the fear and, and any fear that I had really was gone at that point. But especially once we jumped, the fear was gone. Yeah. You know, and that was a, that was a gigantic lesson for me. Once I jumped, what I was afraid of, once I jumped, it was then, it was like peaceful, it was silent, it was, it was the best day of my life from the old City Slickers movie, you know, what's your best day outside of family, you know? That jump was the best day. So that's that living in the now. What would I have, I would have regretted that for the rest of my life had I not done that. And thankfully, I said yes. I was about to say that what we're talking about simplified is more so like, uh, just say yes. I got Morgan sent me a text the other day with a picture of a buddy of mine who uber cool entrepreneurial sto uh, story. Now, you know, uh, runs the whole Porsche racing team. Um, had, he sent me a picture. He's like, this is how I make decisions in 2019. And it was a coin. And on one side was a thumb that said yes. On the other side was like ten thumbs that said "fuck yes," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and there's you know I mean it's really like that mindset of yes I'll do it like yeah but I'm scared and yeah. so what and um, I think if you whatever you want to say yes to or you're debating that if you surround yourself I mean for, for for me part of that of course I'm I'm strapped to one of the Golden Knights I'm strapped with this world class jumper. You put yourself around people who know what they're doing and you have good mentors leading you and people that you can, you know, uh, get the info from and, and learn from their experience as much as you can as opposed to your own and trust them to guide you, then, I mean, that's that's the huge thing. Well, it makes it easier to say yes. Yeah. If, especially if someone asks me, invites me on something or says you should attend this or you should read this book or you, whatever it is. It's like this is already someone, the pre, it ties back into pre-made decisions. Like I say yes to this person. Yeah. Right? Because, I tr because I trust them. Um, and I know that they are going to ask me to do shit that makes me uncomfortable. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I have them in my life. You know, um, Morgan's one of those guys. You're one of those guys. You're one of those guys. My brother. It's like these are people that are going to push me, um, and, and and saying yes just as a as a rule. Um, there's always exceptions. It definitely helps the mindset of living, you know, in the now. And you know, watching you, the, the cool part about your story, well, unique part is your age at which you've decided to become an entrepreneur. Um, highlighting the fact that it didn't happen overnight. It's still happening. Oh, yeah. It took, it's you know, an ongoing first, process. Uh, you know, when we met, because the part you didn't bring up as well about yourself is you w had a huge impact philanthropically from, what is it, Children's... Yeah, um, Duke Children's Hospital. Duke Children's Hospital. Uh, my know, gosh, I did. I kind of maybe have lost track of how many I've done now. Maybe 19, or I think I, think I hit 20. Because I went back, I had another contract with them for an 18-month yeah. contract, and I helped out for two more radiothons. And I think, uh, so I've been part of, I think, raising 15 and a half million. It was, it's, it was yeah, the man. largest radiothon oh. in the galaxy per capita, I mean, given yeah. the size of our market. Um, yeah. That is absolutely the proudest thing, I've, I've, most important thing I was part of. Profession. I know, and I was doing my best to prod you into telling that story. I'm like, tell us about some other stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you it, did. Yeah, man. Because that, I was, mean, that yeah, was gigantic. I'm proud of that for you. 
you know what I mean? It's like that's huge. Um, obviously, I want a soft spot for kids. Um, Make-A-Wish Foundation is always another one yeah. that I try to you know, support. And for the same reasons, like, man, watching kids suffer is the hardest thing. Yeah, absolutely. And my point, even in bringing that up, was that your initial thought when we met was that it would be easy to parlay or it appeared that it would be easier to parlay that much resume and experience to going out and doing radio thumb work and doing all these things and that's that didn't happen didn't happen <laughs> right it didn't and it's not going that way it's going no. a different way and no. i think the big thing i i saw in you was your ability to let go of that you weren't in love with that it was your plan by the way right yeah. you know and we all it's back to school you got a plan um, and they never survive first contact. And yeah. first contact happens when the bank account starts running dry and whenever, yeah. you know, the expectation doesn't get met and now, boom, disappointment sets in. It's like, cool, yeah, the universe is telling you something. And then you pivoted and you've continued, you know, continued to be able to just pivot, you know, linking up with Kevin, starting your own podcast. I look forward to hopefully someday being able to reciprocate. Yeah, you know as well. Um, you've introduced him to us. He, you know, it's like it's the synergy of our relationship, right? Back to saying yes and being flexible enough that when your shit's not working anymore, <laughs> go back. You go make to the, the you know, you make that decision, out. and then you have to make another decision. Then you make another decision. You make another decision. Well, and, and therein lies fail fast. Right? There you All go. these cool little truths that I heard in my younger years that I didn't really get, I get now. It's like no fail fast is meant for someone who lives at choice because they are living now. And when you do that, I'll speak for myself, when I do that, yeah, I, I crack a few eggs along the way. Um, yet I'd rather do that than, than, you know, not have the experience of what life, you know, holds and possibility that is uh, old saying, you know, fear ought to be classified with stealing uh, because as a thief, because it'll steal from us everything we're supposed to have. Right. You know, uh, or the, I, you know, I wouldn't even say we're supposed to have that it's possible for us. We're just unknowing of that possibility. So one of the things that if we have the opportunity to do on the show is to give the listeners uh, and folks a tool uh, to help them back to that more powerful humans. Right. How do we how do we live in that courageous manner? Um, and one of the things Bill brought up um, was a man is, is a manifesting tool um, that was given to me uh, probably six six or so years ago um, by a friend um, and it's it's called a daily design and since Bill brought it up and he brought up the impact that it had on him uh, I'm gonna quickly share um, what it is and how it works um, and it does work <laughs> well and, and, I, and I agree you know there's people would understand uh, most people have heard of a law of attraction um, and I don't want to get into a whole other conversation, but that's, there's only they only tell half that story because a lot of the opposites is a bitch as well. So don't be afraid when you attract the opposite uh, first and have to endure a little bit of pain. Hence uh, in lies, it's always darkest before the dawn. So the law of attraction does work. Um, just always be aware there doesn't mean everything's rosy. Uh, maybe that's for another episode. Yet this is a tool that works within one of these universal truths and, and most commonly described as manifesting. Um, that, while it's actually, it's like, you know, biblical uh, as well, ye have the faith of a mustard seed that right. can move mountains. Ye meaning us, right? Depends on what you believe. I interpret it that way. Um, it's planning, it's not planning your life out. It's mentally 
manifesting your life in past tense, first thing in the morning. So it's written first thing in the morning, um, and it's written in past tense as if things are done. And so it's a creative process. It's not a laundry list of to-dos. You still need to make your to-do list if you're a to-do person. Uh, because once this is written, it's not looked at the rest of the day. In fact, it's not looked at until the following morning where essentially then you review it. And the way I write mine uh, is I address three different things. The first thing would be how I show up in life. Um, and so I write about if I, I, I was patient throughout the day, I was kind and generous throughout the day, I made sure to compliment others when I saw them, literally all these details, how would I want to, to look back and see myself throughout the day? And I cover that. And, um, and then, then I create endings to things that are planned. So, for example, if I would have written one this morning, which I didn't, and it, the crazy thing is I've written them for so long now that I will kick my own ass throughout the day for not having done it because it's that, that powerful. It's yeah. like I'm stupid for not doing it. Yet, using this as an example, it would be, hey, the podcast with Bill and Nate was epic today. The, the material that came out, just very descriptive. Or if I had a client meeting, like, hey, landed the job, they closed the deal on the spot. Like, create an ending to something I know I'm going to do. Like, why wouldn't I create a perfect ending? Why wouldn't they say yes? And then the third piece is just pure creative, which is the most challenging, which is it, then it makes me remind myself how hard it is to love myself uh, because I should want the world for me. And so just create like, hey, today at four literally 4.15 Eastern Standard Time, I got an email in from an old client that they want new business in 2019, like that level of detail. And even on the days that if I can't think of something for myself, I'll manifest for others. I got a call from Tom that something great happened in his life. Nate, you know, just for Eddie, Morgan, uh, Kelly, all these guys. Um, and then it's done. It's put to bed. It's written in past tense. It usually takes 15, 20 minutes, right? And um, done daily to me is the most powerful tool I've ever had in my life. Because uh, then the next morning to read it and review it, and, and it's, it's also a, a consequence tool because if I wrote, hey, crushed it at the gym today, I either have to wrote, didn't go, right. failed, right. or you were at 50% and you know it, yeah. right? And that's not for anybody else. It's, you know, it's for me. And then yeah, it's be, I, and being honest with yourself in that review. Absolutely. Brutally honest Brutally with yourself. Brutally honest because we are, you know, the bullshit built-in bullshit detector we have. It's like, yep. hey, just answer the question. It's like, no, I didn't do that. Then the magic moments that begin to happen more often, right, and this is all getting into mindset and belief of possibility, is whenever the email actually came in on the spot or within 10 minutes. Yeah. And then lastly, understanding that because time isn't real to begin with, right, this is this construct we make to make sense of this fucking crazy world we're in, that what... I wrote about Monday happened on Thursday. <laughs> okay, it didn't happen that day, but it's, right. it's, yet it still happened. And so then it becomes this cool game of me taking on my role as a creative being and being actively part of the creative process, right? And that's taking an active role. Um, so just wanted to share that, a daily design. Um, if you can wake up, start your day, write it in past tense, in detail, how do you just show up? What are the endings to the things that you would create a perfect ending to that you know you have planned? 
And last but not least, like what magic do you want to occur in your life? Like that alone will change, absolutely change the way right. you look at life. And I've asked people, uh, Facebook, social media, you know, what do you have any particular uh, r- routine or rituals in the morning? And I always, I, people don't understand what I'm asking. Because I'll say, oh, I get up, I brush my teeth, I make coffee, and I bolt for work. It's like, that's not what I'm getting at. I mean, what yeah. is your, if you look at a, a free throw shooter in basketball, if you look like a, at, a, at, a, at an excellent golfer, they all have pre-shot routines. All of them. Every single one of them. I've seen golfers on the tour uh, get, gets ready to get over a shot. Somebody, you know, whatever, clicks a camera. He steps away, puts the club back in his bag, stands behind the ball again, starts it all over again. So I think a routine for the day, at least for me, and, and the daily design, I've got to get back to that, admittedly, for the reasons that you've just stated. But for me, I've got my, my, I've got my things in the morning that where my day used to start at 3 in the morning. It was slam-bam noise till 1 in the afternoon or whatever. Now I can be silent. I've got a couple of books I read out of that are daily kind of devotional kind of things. Yep. Get my thoughts together. Uh, send out happy birthday greetings to whoever Facebook tells me is having a birthday that day. But that that is my kind of like my pre-shot, pre-day routine that I put a lot of value in. I mean, I, it just I just starts the day right well, you put value in it because you get the payoff. Yeah. And until you made it a priority, you never got it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And what's interesting to me is like none of it, um, not that I don't support physical activity, yet that's usually the first go-to for folks. It's like right. versus I set aside time to read, I set aside time to write, right. I set aside time to think about my days, set up all the mental aspects of it. Usually it's straight into a workout, you know. I would say the best case scenario, you do what Bill talked about and then work out, right? Uh, and for me, it's like you give me the choice of those two, I'm going to work on the mind and the spirit every time, every time mm-hmm. uh, for that setup. So cool little nugget that just dropped out in this. And I want to flip it over to you to talk about, you know, thus far in your life, living now, saying yes when were those times? What were the circumstances? And then what's been the outcome, I guess? Uh, it's It's been interesting because I think uh, if they, even if it's a big decision or a small decision, it's normally one that's made, I believe, with some pre-done research or something. But I make pretty quick decisions as far or I'm, I'm, I guess I'll say that I'm, my convictions are firm in the decisions made or something that... Um, that a lot of times people would look back on that type of scenario and be like, why now? What if you had this in place beforehand? Like, did you think about this, that kind of thing? Um, and I, I think I just spend less time thinking about stuff or I feel like that I get to a place of certainty quicker uh, when it comes to those types of things. But whether it's buying a car, whether it's getting an apartment or something like that, or whether it's changing careers that fast, um, or making, uh, in my own situation, being that, um, you know, I, I've in, in talking with my wife years leading up to our marriage about how we wanted a family, and when, you know, to, 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 for me to think about, you know, something as starting a family, creating life, or something like that, it seems pretty cold to think about. Uh, we'll do it on this date, this year. <laughs> 
after these things. Um, and it just for me personally, thinking about it, how, how much I, I and we wanted those things, uh, it was like, why waste the time without it? Um, whether it's um, being married together, where it's, whether it was, it was trying to start our family, which we started our family before we started trying to start it, <laughs> which is one thing. Uh, which just goes to to the point of, you know, people talking about, are you ready for this? One of the things that I, I think I got from some of the things that uh, my parents had taught me was there's no book on life. Like there's no, there is no box to check that's like, yeah, okay, you're ready for that. Uh, and to see that, to go through those types of experiences, because I'm a big experiential person, someone can tell me that I can value that, I can value their opinion. If I don't go through it, I don't truly understand it. Yeah. Uh, so for people to say that marriage is different, you know, I've lived with her for two years. I've known her for five, whatever. No, it's different because now I'm going through it, know it, uh, and believe it. And, and, and for someone to say, you know, for my parents to say that there's no time that, like, you'll feel 100% ready to bring a child into the world. I'm like, uh, okay. And uh, for it to happen, literally, that we didn't plan it. Um, and, and now to see that, no, we were ready for that. We had maybe not mentally checked societal boxes or, or thought that we had enough money in the bank or something like that. Sure. Um, but it was something that if, the, if there was a desire enough to do By the do way, it, you'd never have enough money in the bank. No. <laughs> <laughs> People wait until they can afford a kid. You ain't never going to have a kid. Uh -uh. Yeah, I mean, let me, let me just, since you're being humble and I appreciate that, but like my highlight reel of your life whenever I look at it, you're how old now? 28. 28. I should know that. I should know that. Yeah. It took me a while. <laughs> 28, you, you, know, you were a guy that had never uh, played football until your senior year. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so then you went on to play college football. Then you went on to say, I'm going to go work in the NFL and bust your ass and then get into the NFL and then work for two different teams, got your MBA at night, left the NFL, your dream job, by the way, left like your absolute chose to leave your dream job because you wanted to start a family and move down to where your, you know, your wife would be more supportive, more comfortable, end up in a job that you were willing to do to make ends meet, yet were not inspired to show up at, get flipped a crazy opportunity with some cat you go meet in his basement um, in front of a fire in the middle of winter, and now you're here. So in that, you know, the 28 year old on average hadn't walked that path because there's a lot of saying yes throughout there. And a lot of what most people would uh, view as, um, hey, this is way too shaky. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what, uh, what opened me up to, I think it goes back right. to a lot of what we talk about in like the believing in the possibility for yourself. Um, you know, I, 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 we've talked a lot about, and I've talked a lot about with Tom on the podcast, is that fear of regret driving me to do those things. Um, but really, it just, it, it comes down to, like, I wouldn't have done those things if I didn't think it was possible to do them. In summary, what it comes down to is just taking action to live the life that you want to live. For me, I think whenever I reach that point of, like, to reference the things you talked about, had never played football, last chance for me to do it was coming up. Like, okay, I want to do that. Act. Um, and along the way, too, to be prepared for those types of things. But 
Um, you know, you talk about saying yes to opportunities. Playing football in college was never a thought in my mind. Um, and when opportunities started to come, it was all this thing. I, I feel bad for my mom because she sweated for a year and thought like, okay, now bodily harm to your body, never have to do it again. And I'm like, no, you're actually going to sign up for four more years of that and a whole lot more serious injuries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and just and and took that as well. Um, and then the NFL talking about the the opportunities of saying yes. Um, you know, it didn't work at first. I came out of school in the first year of sending out to ten different teams. Um, didn't nothing kind of came to fruition. I had some interviews, but uh, the year after, um, wanting still wanting to and do. What did you do during that year? I worked at a uh, at a small college. Um, near where I was at and, and did, uh, did communications work for 22 varsity sports, pulled my hair out and for, for a year, it was, but it was great experience. And, um, coming out of that, I, I sent it to every team in the country and, uh, with the pre-made decision that whoever called, I was going. And, uh, and so when they came, when I when I got the calls and, and got the the offer, it was no doubt it was in. And uh, to maybe the chagrin of my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, but didn't <laughs> ask for permission for that. <laughs> um, yeah. It was like, hey, we're going. I'm going. And uh, so, yeah, and maybe maybe we're not going. But we're I'm not going. going. You're not yeah. you're not able to. But I'll I'll be there, a couple thousand miles away. So. Um, and, and just to try to see that through. And when I did see it through and I felt that, uh, you know, I had a shred of doubt if I wanted to do it or it stopped becoming um, the dream that I thought it would be. It's just how I, I'm built is that I got I to gotta get into not a better situation, but I, I need to more realign with what I want. And that all, that all kind of came together as far as the, the family piece that you talked about too. So... It sounds like you're a guy who knows what his priorities are at all times and decisions actually are made off of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and to me, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, right? But the North Star has actually changed. And I think that's important to bring up for people that there's a belief out there I hear often. It's like, well, once you lock in for whatever it is, man, you lock in. Uh, you ride it out. That's you know, And for some people, that is true because back to – it takes all of us. So there are some people that need to lock in. Yet, if you say that to me, I'm going to tell you you're crazy. I don't, you know, I've never been that way. You're the same way. So for those of you out there that are that way, you're not alone. And that's normal. What I mean by that, his North Star at one point was just the football. Then his North Star was getting into the NFL. And then it was family. Then it was happiness in the career once the family was okay. Then, the, you know, so... You are, a, you know, this good purpose driven. You are it's like, hey, this is what my decisions are being made upon. And at least from the outside looking in, that's what makes it simple for you. Not easy because every one of them comes with the, the, the pain that it comes with. Uh, yet this, the, the decision is simple. Mm -hmm. And I think to borrow some of your terminology too, even the even more fundamental priority along the way was to fill up this life that I have with experience. And so um, when it comes to that, when opportunities present themselves, when if I'm going down a road that for the longest time I thought was what I wanted and for part of the way it was, yet it becomes that it's not at one point, it's time to 
get back on track to filling up this experience that we call life with with those things that are well, not enriching more, it. Well, that well, essentially, it's not more of the same. Mm-hmm. And and um, it goes back to uh, Dispenza's talk. He talks about this one of many ways. Like routine lulls the body, lulls the brain to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're different than I could have stayed in the explosives world and the consulting world and blah, 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 blah. It's root memory stuff. It's, it doesn't juice me up anymore. I, I mean, and I'm especially not doing it for real. So as a consultant, it's like there's no juice that comes from that. The only thing that comes from it is a, a semi-predictable paycheck, right? And, and uh, for me, um, I'll take experience over anything else, to your point, right? That's part. That's not part of it. That's why we are here, which is to feel. And the only way I get to feel is to actually jump in the water, not look at it, not hear about how cold it is, not put my finger in it. Well, I'd like to kick back the bill, too, because it's, it's just even a question, because I'll never get to experience it, uh, to my knowledge, is that, you know, being in the thing that you loved for 40 years. Um, you know, I heard somebody say the other day that, it's a job. It's not supposed to be fun. You know what I mean? As right. far as like somebody that's right. going to switch out of a career. Um, but it, it, it seems in you talking about it that that, that run, not that it didn't uh, you know, take a lot of work to, to get there, to stay in it, to continue improving, but you know, what, was it, what was it like to be in something that long, even you know, fresh off, uh, you know, Scott referencing something, talking about routine and being right, right, right. Uh, it, it, because I, I did love it, and it, it was a passion. It was, I... I as I said before, I mean, I, I believe I was designed to do that. And it was not work until it was. <laughs> it was not work until it was work. And that was, I think, more of a nature of the business changing. And I don't think the why matters, man. Huh? I don't think the why ma- I mean, literally, because I've thought about it yeah. in my point. It's like, it it, just, it's it like just, when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, it, yeah. I, and I, I don't think there was a light switch that just went. It just kind of, it was the creep. It was the drift that just slowly I wasn't, I was doing it. Mm-hmm. I still had that discipline to do it. Was yeah. I motivated? Was I Discipline inspired? versus inspired. No, yeah. it's like I, I've heard somebody say they're a writer. It's like, hey, I make sure I, I write when I'm inspired and I make sure that I'm inspired every morning at 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah. It's discipline. Mm-hmm. And I finally learned that. It wasn't, it wasn't about being motivated or inspired. It was I had the discipline that when I got off the air, I started on the next show. I just did. Went home, did some more, ate lunch, took a nap, got up, did worked on the next show. Got there early the next morning, worked on that show. But to do something that long, admittedly, for as long as I did, and for loving it as long as that I was, did. That's a key. And I am a freak of nature. My <laughs> father-in-law lovingly calls me a freak of nature. One, I mean, I stayed in that business at the same radio station for 23 and a half years. That just is not going to happen anymore. I just I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somebody who can do that, whatever the field might be, and they still love it and still have that passion. Uh, speaking of Duke Children's, I mean, I know some doctors over there. I mean, they get tears in their eyes when they talk. When I ask them, why a doctor? Why did you become a doctor? And they will, I mean, they're tearing up telling yeah. you why. They still have, well, they, they, still, they exactly. still have their why. Exactly. They happen to be that human that's yeah. different than you and I, yeah. <laughs> as it relates to the why yeah. shifting sometimes. It's yeah. like, hey, and it's absolutely there's those people that that why 
And I would say that these are careers that by their nature create a nonlinear, non, um, very unpredictable environment. So that in alone, yeah. like where, where's the yeah. routine for yeah. a doc, right? The, every right. case is different. Now I almost lacking it to, I just, you know, even my career in 17 years in the military, it was always changing so I could stay there. Yet truth be told, look at how many jobs I went. I had like a four to six year chunk yeah. before I was ready to move on to the next thing, you know? And then there's things that inherently just provide it.